me, everybody. This is a feast of the Holy Family. Let me take a, a bit of time to sort of look at today's gospel and maybe pick it apart a little bit, focusing on two primary things. First is Joseph. You heard last week, Joseph was told that he was supposed to trust Mary. Indeed, what she supposedly had told him was that he was going to, she was going to be the mother of God, mother of the Messiah, that he was supposed to marry her, to not back away in reverence for the great mystery, and to be able to take her into his home. We know, of course, the struggles and the trials that he faced whenever there was no place in the inn, and the, Jesus was born in the stable in a manger. Today, we see these sort of continued struggles and trials. Joseph now has to pick up Mary and baby Jesus and move out of their home to Egypt, a foreign land, because Herod wants to kill him. Then after a period of time, he's told by the angel to come back in. You can imagine, it would be realistic to think of Joseph, this human being, being tempted to wonder, what did I get myself into? This is way too much. I'm fine, I married Mary and I'm committed to this, but is there so many things happening, so much struggle, so many trials, I didn't sign up for this. And so you can see that quite possibly he might have been tempted to say, this is too much, I'm out of here, I am checking out. Thankfully, he never did, and we're going to talk about why that is in a minute. But then you can look at the figure of Mary. Mary, we know, is sinless, purest, best individual that has lived on this earth, the best human person. And she is seeing all of these struggles and trials and accepting them with faith. She knows that, indeed, she's supposed to be the mother, and that God is in control she sees the struggles, and she sees what this is putting Joseph through. And to have her heart go out to her husband, to see the discouragement, the possible doubting that he might have, the frustration of the situation. And you can imagine, even though she never gave into it, that she would have been tempted to think, wow, I'm just too much trouble for Joseph. This is just too much. I'm a burden. I don't want to bother him with anything because he already has so much on his plate. Of course, we know she never did that. You can still imagine that she might have been tempted to believe she was a burden. And so recognizing these two things that are contained in the gospel, both on the side of Joseph and on the side of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we realize that it sort of resonates with us in both parts. One, there have been many times when we've signed up for something. It could be a relationship. It could be a job. It could be for a class. It could be a friendship. And we realize that as time goes on, it's going to require a lot more than we might have expected in the first place. And there's going to be a lot demanded of us, struggles and trials that we didn't expect at the beginning. And so there's a temptation for us to get discouraged, to become despondent, and even to say, I don't want any part of this, particularly when it comes to a relationship. 
when things tend to get difficult and the unexpected tends to enter into that relationship. The demands that always do come. But also on the other part, particularly women, I find my own experience can see the experience of Mary's potential temptation. Think that they are burdens on other people in relationships, whether it be marriage or friendships or in their family. They don't want to bother another individual. They think they're a burden to them. They don't want to ask for what they need. They want to step back and not have to get emotionally involved in order not to inconvenience the other person, potentially believe that they might reject them. See this a lot, that deep insecurity that many individuals, particularly young females, tend to struggle with. The potential temptation that Mary faced really does resonate. So the question becomes, in looking at these two separate situations, how do we overcome them? Particularly in our own lives, how do we make our way through these struggles, trials, and temptations? And so we look to see to both Joseph and Mary, how did they overcome this? Well, without a doubt, we can say that there was grace. The grace of God that came from prayer and living a holy, devout life. And that grace perfected their own human nature. The goodness that they had, the formation that they arguably received when they were children. And I think there is something else that they lived with and they acknowledged. And then if we can adapt in our own lives to make these and other struggles, particularly in relationships, a lot better. And it comes from an insight given to us by Pope St. John Paul II. It was something that he wrote in 1994. It's an essay, a reflection, called A Reflection on Givenness. Givenness. But actually, it wasn't published until 2006, a little bit over a year after he had passed away. Difficult to find it. I'll try to be able to find a link to it to put it on social media for those who want to read it. And of course, the typical John Paul II fashion, it's a beautiful reflection on the nature of being and marriage and gift and love. And of course, typical John Paul II, he takes about 10 pages to say what normal people would say in about two pages. Still well worth reading, where he acknowledges and recognizing fact in his own life and the life of others that people are given to us by God. It could be in marriage, it could be in friendship, him as a priest, and people that he encounters in his parish and in his ministry. He recognizes that God has given him people. And we all recognize that the Lord has given people to us. He spends most of his time focusing on that relationship between man and woman and how the woman was given to the man and the man was given to the woman. But yet he expands it to all relationships. Then we realize that people are given to us by God and that we are tasked with caring for that person, not because they're a burden to us, but to be able to care for them and nourish them, see them as a gift and to love and God and protect them. And so this is that great meditation on givenness 
recognizing the Lord has given people to us to take care of and to love. And so when we realize this, when we realize that others, certain times very specific individuals, have been given to us, we've been tasked with them, there's no way to see them as a burden. There may be temptations to say, this is way too much for me to handle, but we know that this is part of our mission. This person was given to us, and so it becomes a delight and a joy to care for them, to provide for them, and to love them. Whether it be a spouse, a child, a friend, a relationship, whatever it is, it is the love that makes us go beyond whatever duty might be because we realize that this individual, this person, has been given to us. And so we can certainly apply it to the situation with Joseph. Yes, indeed, there were plenty of struggles and trials. There were difficulties. He was arguably tempted to give up and to get discouraged. But Joseph clearly realized that Mary was given to him. That he had nothing to fear. The angel made it quite clear. And so it was a great joy for him to be able to love, to provide for, and to take care of Mary gift as a person that was given to him. But what we have to realize, and this is sort of the beauty of the meditation, is that it doesn't just run, run one way. It wasn't just that Mary was given to Joseph, but in this givenness, in this relationship, it is reciprocal. And it's something we don't think about. We all think about, here's Joseph, and he's taking care of the Blessed Virgin Mary, but the Blessed Virgin Mary is spending all day praying in her room or taking care of the baby Jesus and basically ignoring Joseph. That wasn't the case at all, because if Mary was given to Joseph, then Joseph was in turn given to Mary. That Mary loved Joseph. He was her husband, her friend, and she knew that she was there to receive Joseph as a gift, and she would have done this in the most magnificent, perfect way, because of her sinlessness. And so you can imagine the times where Joseph might have been discouraged. Joseph might have been struggling. Maybe he was upset because there wasn't a place at the end. He was fearful about having to go into Egypt. But Mary was there to receive him, to love him, to listen to him as a friend and a husband, to give him encouragement. The root word of encouragement, encourage its core. It's Latin for heart. Mary knew Joseph's heart. And Joseph was willing to entrust his heart to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she was able to receive that, to love him, to embrace him, to console him and encourage him. It was a chaste relationship. It was completely platonic. But it doesn't mean that they still didn't share a deep intimacy of friends on a deep spiritual level. But what about, though, Mary? How did she then resist that temptation to see herself as a burden to Joseph with all of the different things that were going on? Well, as much as John Paul II emphasizes in his meditation on givenness, that we should recognize that others are given to us as a gift. If this is the case, then we need 
to in turn recognize that we are given to others as a gift. That whenever someone receives us, that we are gift for them. And so, yes, it's recognized that we receive others as a gift, but we need to be received as a gift. That the Lord gives us to others. It could be our spouse, our parents, family, friends. It doesn't matter that we are gift for others. That we are called to live out that existence as gift. And indeed, if we are a gift given to others to care for and provide for, we're worthy of being loved. We're worthy of being a gift. You don't give trash as gifts. You give things that are valuable, things that are good. And for the very reality of us being given and received shows that God is giving us, then we are loved and we are lovable. And so this is why Mary could resist the temptation because she realized her own dignity as a person, her own life as gift, and her own goodness, that she was a beloved daughter. She knew her identity with the Father. She didn't allow shame and comparison, all these things that can become from sin that clouds our image of ourselves, that makes us think that we're burdens, that we're not worthy of love, that like Eve, we want to hide in the shadows, hiding from God, hiding from others. Mary did not have to deal with that because she lived in her identity and gives us the way and example for us to do that also. That whenever we are feeling unloved, whenever we're feeling unworthy, we know that we have been given to other people and to allow ourselves to experience that blessing and to recognize that if we were not worthy, we would not have been given. And so, how do we apply this? How does this become imminently practical? Well, besides, of course, prayer and meditating on Scripture and trying to imitate the Holy Family, the most important and practical thing we do is living in awareness of the gift. And it takes a mind to be focused on a day-to-day -day basis of living in the present moment, to realize that others are given to us, and to thank the Lord for those gifts of the people that we love and that we cherish, maybe even making a list of the people in order to more adequately show God great thanks for it but also in the others that have been given to us, to constantly make an effort to bless them, to shower grace upon them, and to let them know that we are loved. And in doing so, they will do the same for us. Thanking the Lord, the gift that we are to them, and to shower us that blessing, reminding us who we are, men and women, created in the image and likeness of God, called to live the very gift of self that images the gift present of the Father, Son, and Spirit, sent the Son as a gift into the world for our redemption. Amen.